Hey guys, this is Mikey from The City Is Ours and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, guys and girls, I'm going to welcome you all back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, here back once again. And today I have the honor of speaking with the talented Mikey Page. Mikey, thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, uh, this is an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at the CD's Hours with the release of your latest full-length album, Coma, which unleashes here on October 22nd on the Rising Empire. And first things first, I want to start things off by saying, you know, uh, congratulations on all the well-deserved recognition uh, you've been getting so far, I mean, especially with these jaw-breaking singles, uh, Dangerous, Violent, the title track, Death of Me, shout out to Kerrang! and rock sound and metal hammer to name a few who've been praising your work there's just so much to unravel about this album and who you guys are all about but before we get to all that and beyond as obvious you know i do this with all my guests i feel like there is a light at the end of this long tunnel we've been in we talked about it before the interview started i can't help but ask man how are you holding up these days and how has life been in the UK for, I'm going to say the last seven, eight months, instead of saying the last 18 months, if you can even sum that up. <laughs> Make it simple. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, well, firstly, thanks for having me, man, because it's, it's a pleasure to be uh, to be able to do things like this with you, people like yourself, um, who are just kicking such amazing content out into the world and, and doing such great stuff. So uh, I'm really, really blessed to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the last... Uh, sort of the last eight months or so, I guess really has just been, um, has just been frustrating because we're yeah. just in that point where it's been, it's been amazing to be able to actually start releasing music again. Um, because the first sort of part of the pandemic situation, we were right in the sort of, uh, the creation process almost of, of the record and the visuals and everything else. So we were doing things in and out of lockdown as every time we managed to get out for a little while, we were, yeah. we were so busy doing stuff that it was kind of like, our time, you know, it was, it was, it was busy, but our time was being sort of utilized. Whereas this last sort of since, since the turn of the year, it's just been frustrating because we're kind of here just gagging to get out and, and do it again, you know, just to be, be us. We're very much, you know, the city as ours is a live band. That's, that's the way that we've always been. That's where we thrive. And that's where we're kind of, you know, we we're at our best and, um, and we've not been able to do that for, for so long. So we're, you know, it's just been a really frustrating period. I mean, we're all, thankfully, we're all, you know, safe and healthy and and, and well, mostly. So I'm um, like, it, it's great that we're like that, but it's just, uh, yeah, we're, just, we're so close now to being able to be back out there. I can almost taste it. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're weeks away, literally at the time of recording. I just want to like, of course, got to get out there, man. I'm just like, it's so close. It's, you know, for like a caged animal, just really to come out and like, all the while we're growing out your growing out our hair during that during this entire Dude, we're lockdown both looking, here we we're both looking funky fresh right now i think but, we're both look great. But man, and uh and for anyone who doesn't know i was just speaking to mike before the interview how interview under fire just covered the metal tour of the year which is one of the biggest tours going on right now it's just nice to do something simple like that it's a simple thing i mean back in the day you can call it oh yeah covering a tour or just playing in a tour is a simple thing now it's a lot to ask for because you start to you know become thankful as as we move towards 2022 and obviously, you know, life as of late, many of us have also been away from the stage a lot. I know, I mean, things are shaping up in the UK, here in the States, things are starting to open up. We'll see how things look like going forward. But with even fancy musicians alike, I, I wonder, Mikey, how have you been, you know, keeping up your, you know, your vocals and like instrumentations like lately? I mean, is this something you had to kind of just do while you're in lockdown? Like, okay, I got to make sure I, I play my guitar. I got to make sure I, I still stay in shape when the touring life resumes because you guys are gearing up for a pretty exciting end of uh, 2021 <laughs> yeah man like i'll be totally honest with you when we first got put into lockdown um i think like most people we were all just kind of you know looking at ways of keeping ourselves entertained so yeah i spent a lot of time playing guitar in a way that i hadn't for a long time you know i went back and looked over some of the old songs i used to learn when i was you know learning how to play and you know we play in drop tunings and stuff now and i was i was back in like standard tuning playing through like did it just, did it just and, click i mean it's like dude, oh man i gotta oh, relearn these songs good lord oh, 
it was great. Like, it was just being able to just sit and like jam through some songs and play like, you know, the old classics and just feel like a teenage boy again. Just like shredding away in my bedroom. It was great. And I did the same with vocals. I recorded a few vocal covers just for fun, like literally just things to go on the internet or just for myself, just to like listen and have a, have a giggle. But then like, the second lockdown in the UK like wasn't a particularly great time for me like mentally like I wasn't in a particularly mm-hmm. good place and it all stopped um and I was just kind of like you know I, I was working a little bit when I could but it was all very kind of like I lived that that lockdown in my own head a lot and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a lot of fun um so by the time we got to like the third and then like coming out of the third lockdown i.e the last sort of eight months when we were starting to think about, you know, there was, oh, you know, shows are probably going to happen in 2021 and we're probably going to be able to do something. I'm not joking, man. It was like starting again. Like I literally like, yeah. I was like how we'd recorded the record just before we went in um, to lockdown here. It was literally just before. And then I hadn't really done anything city related for over a year at that point so we went in to like start thinking about the recording process you know i sat down and played guitar and learned the songs and you know sort of obviously i knew them but like really sort of dug into that side of it but vocally i was all over the place because i just i was so out of practice i was listening to these songs going dude like i know that's me i was there but i can't how do you know how is this happening and i got really got stuck in my own head with that as well so it was like a real challenge almost sort of learning to sort of re refine my feet with with the vocal side of it particularly just sort of going how how did i do this because obviously at the time we, i was kind of at the sort of peak of our you know we just come off a, a, a album release tour headline tour in the uk we just played like a, a really cool show in london the last show we played was in our hometown um with like supporting an, another sort of bigger band which was amazing yeah. So we were really at like the peak of our of our powers, so to speak. Like everyone was, you know, really on form. We were in a really good place, really sort of like meshed together, you know, in that sort of like telekinesis almost of just everyone knowing and the trust and everything else when you're on stage. And all of that has gone. So it's like it's been a case of over the last few months, like relearning is like how to do this. You know, so I know we were talking before, but it's like the what how do we do this? How how are we in a band? We clearly can because we've we've done it and we've recorded the record. But how do we play live? And it's been it's been hard but equally refreshing to sort of mm-hmm. start sort of seeing it coming back together and go, oh yeah, like I remember now. I remember what this is like. I remember what this feels like. And we're you know we're finally at the point now where I think we're we're nearly ready to go and you know we haven't got long to wait so it's going to be very cool to, to be able to finally get out there and do it yeah bro i play violin and i didn't have to pick up that I, I i couldn't believe i picked up that instrument during the pandemic i'm like i do i really have to relearn this again and it's kind of yeah. you know little things like that start to start to really come into focus but I, I i begin to think about staying busy during the pandemic it's a very it's an easier said than done process but did you at any point needed to I don't know, step away from music, kind of just refresh, like doing different activities kind of kind of feeds your creativity into doing music, you know, like because you're talking about, you know, not being able to do something that you've been doing your whole life. Did you take up cooking, gaming, art, so many things that I've had so many amazing people like yourself, like tell about different things that kind of became a new hobby for them. You know, did some does something come to mind when you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I think for me the big thing that I kind of got into was um, I've always been like, I've always been an active person, but I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like, I'm not a gym person. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I like to be busy and I like to, you know, I walk a lot and stuff like that, but I've never really sort of got into the sort of fitness side of things. I think that was the sort of real thing that um, during the lockdown that really sort of changed my, my perception because I was really starting to sort of struggle mentally like I said, like it, it wasn't, it was a bit of a dark time, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. having the best time with it, um, like a lot of people. And I, I just started, I thought, I'm just going to focus on myself for a little while. You know, I, I can't do anything else. So I was walking daily. I was cycling a lot, which was cool, which was something I hadn't done since I was a kid, really. Like, you know, I you know, got myself a bike and 
just got stuck into that. And, you know, I'm not, a, you know, I wasn't flying around in the spandex outfit with the little <laughs> helmet. And uh, it was just me, I'm, you know, with my, my that metal sounds like a, That sounds like an idea for a music things, video, man. Just make sure you know that. <laughs> hey, man, it wouldn't be the first time I've worn spandex in the music video. So uh, <laughs> what can I say? But, um, yeah, it's like, it was, it's just sort of doing stuff like that and uh, just taking some time for myself. And I think it's been really cool because, obviously, you know, I, I managed to lose some weight. I felt a lot healthier. I felt a lot better about myself and it was all great. Awesome. And then now it's been about finding the balance because when it was nothing but just focusing on me, it was great. And it's, you know, it was easy to kind of, well, you know, it was hard work, but it was easy to be able to sort of focus and, and create something and, you know, see the progress and everything. Whereas now it's like trying to do that and live my life with working and, all the projects I've got on the go and city and everything else all at the same time. That's the challenge now, but in a way it's kind of cool because it's, I wouldn't have had that without the pandemic. So much as it's been a bit weird, it's nice yeah. to have come out of it with a passion for something else as well, which is nice. Yeah. It's, I think it's really cool that you, you get a chance to find a balance between something that was very productive during lockdown and something that you love to do. I think that's mm. a win-win situation. And you talked about, Absolutely. uh, you briefly talk about how, you know, the city is ours. The thing that makes you guys who you are is the live presence that you guys put on stage. I want to ask about that because you've been at this for a while, man. And and by that, I mean the touring life and you've done some touring, you know, I, I, I mm. do think about what is it about performing live Mikey that you love the most or maybe even miss the most. Do you have a newfound appreciation now? I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. Like it's something simple as performing live. It's it's. I, I think I probably speak for most people who have, are in bands. I think it's gone one of two ways, to be honest. It's you either with it when something like this comes up, it's like a crossroads situation, isn't it? Really, where you're either going to go, "Hey, Matt, I don't actually miss this as much as I thought I would," or "I miss it so much, I need it back right now. Please help me." Right. And I think that's I am very firmly in that camp. I am very much a case of. It's just just being able to just connect with people and just to feel something. I think that's the the real thing that I miss more than anything else is it's, you know, whether it's, you know, elation or happy tears or sad tears or wanting to, you know, mosh so hard that you, you know, want to like punch a grandma. I don't know. Like, you know, just go, <laughs> just go so wild. Just, like, just check just that off your that mental moment. list, you know? <laughs> that's literally, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry grand, wherever you are, because uh, that's probably not, uh, that's probably not great. But um. But we mean to, well, to, we mean well, we promise. <laughs> that's it. But just to be in that moment and just to be, you know, embraced and part of the music. And I think, you know, I've always kind of described, you know, I'm, I'm quite a sort of confident person most of the time. And, you know, I've got no problem talking to people. And I love that, actually. That's part of like, you know, touring for me is about going to meet people. And, yeah, you know, when people come up to us after the show and stuff and sort of say, oh, you know, it's so great or you know, it's the most amazing thing for me is when people say, oh, you know, I've listened to your music and it's helped me through, you know, X situation or I relate to this song because of this or there's a lot of like sad themes throughout our records in general, to be honest, because that's the way we've always written about things that have happened to us. And unfortunately, a lot of sad shit's happened to members of our band over the years. So it's it's amazing to be able to connect with those people in all those different ways. And I think that's definitely the bit I miss more than anything else um so it's just going to be it's just going to be amazing i can't really i don't no. think i'm going to know what it feels like until we're there like i think that's the thing is that until we're on stage and we're back doing it and we're back in the shitty van driving around like you said and doing all those things and it's going to be cold and all the things i'm probably going to hate it like why am i why am i talking <laughs> listen to me but like um, it's going to be it's going to be amazing to just be back out there with my brothers doing what we do best and meeting all the people that you know along the way have, have sort of helped us on our journey and hopefully some new people as well, which is going to be great. So I'm really, um, yeah, really stoked about it. I mean, even, even then there won't be enough words to describe like what you're experiencing because going back to doing what you're doing, loving to do it's, uh, I think that's a good thing if you don't have the words to describe it. Now I've asked this to, I think every artist on IUF, at least once since the lockdown began, I want to get your take on this Mikey, because You've seen it for the last 18 months, live streaming. A lot of the bands have been doing on stage. They're taking it to the screen like we're doing right now. Obviously, these interviews will be in person. But, you know, we've had bands like, you know, Atreyu and Trivium and August Burns Red and Devin Townsend, like, be our guests here. And they talked about their experiences on, you know, you know, selling virtual tickets to the fans or pre-recording a show or live streaming a show, what have you, whatever the situation may be. But, you know, you talked about how 
important the live experience is. But what you what you saw, do you think what we all saw during the rise of this whole quarantine induced, you know, live streaming, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Like, do you still see bands doing something like that as the norm once we head into, you know, Christmas or even into the early parts of 2022? Loaded question, I, think, I know, but it's something to think about going forward. No, no, I think it's I think it's a really interesting question. I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of rabbit holes you could go down with sort of like the way in which you, you know it's developing because because there's so I much think, of it you know there's so much mm, and we're still seeing it it all boils down to necessity though doesn't it that's the thing mm. i think is it's like we we uh so last summer we were supposed to play our uh debut album in full um a big head to head like headline show for us um, and we we sold a whole bunch of tickets and it was it was going really well it looked like it was going to sell out and then obviously it all got canned um, and then it got moved to another day and then it got canned again and then it got moved to another venue and then it got canned again. And it was like this whole thing. And we, we were approached to do a live, a live screen stream thing. And we, we had a chat about it and we were like, no, we don't want to do it because for us, it just didn't feel like it would be authentically city if that makes sense like it's like we'd, we'd be doing something but it would almost be like a caricature of ourselves it's like how can we emulate that and it almost became like a sort of doing it for the sake of doing it if you know what i mean rather than actually kind of doing something yeah because everyone else is doing it they've done it okay, exactly yeah precisely and it's it just because you know i i've got nothing against you know don't get me wrong i think some of the streams that people have been doing have been absolutely brilliant for people to have something you know if, if you can't go and see your favorite band live which is what everybody wants to do to have the opportunity to have the next best thing and have them you know beamed into your living room um via youtube or whatever and and be able to do that you know twitch however you're doing it it's it's amazing but for us it was just something a little disingenuous about for you know us as characters we just weren't we just didn't vibe with it um, it doesn't mean to say we'd never do it, but it's just, like, it just wasn't for us. But I think it's like, it's a necessity thing. Cause I don't, do I think it will impact on live music? I, I think if anything, I don't think it's going to go away, but I, th I think if anything, it's actually going to have the opposite effect because it's like the one thing that has been constant throughout music in general is live music. It's always been a thing. It's varied in terms of how it works, but it's always been a thing right, right through from, you know, in the, I don't know, the 1700s, the 1800s with the little man with his loot on the street corner, you know, doing his thing and, and someone passing on their horse and cart or whatever, right through to, the, you know, now. The way that we receive music has changed so many times. You, you think mm. vinyls, then cassette, then compact disc, then mini disc, then MP3, then, you know, now we're in a world where you don't even need that. It's just streaming, you know, we're, we're just beaming it straight off a server somewhere. All of those things have changed so drastically, but live music is still a thing. And I think particularly in the UK, I don't know about in the States, but I would assume it's probably the same. There's a, a, a hunger for people to just be out in a room with a beer in hand or, you know, whatever, just watching bands and being with other yeah. people doing what they're doing. So I think it's, I think the live streaming thing is, is important. I think it's been brilliant. I think it's been great to see, that being utilized and the internet being such a wonderful tool in that respect to give people something to kind of it's hope, isn't it? Basically it's like, it's that, you know, the hope that we would see live music again. Cause there were, there were times where I thought we might never see this again. Same like, here. You know, we might never see it in this capacity again, but having the streams and things did give you that hope that it's like, Oh, you know, this is what it's like and this is what it feels like. And this is what it sounds like, but it was never going to be the same. And I think that's the thing is it's, it's it will probably be part of the the way that we live our lives now because it's another revenue stream and for bands trying to form a sustainable way of living and not just bands it's you know brands and all kinds of you know not just music all kinds of things you this the game has changed now out of necessity but that doesn't mean for me that the live element is ever going to disappear because in my opinion, I, I think it's, if anything, it's going to go the other way and shows are, are just going to be off the chain because people are going to be so much 
so ready to get out there. I mean, I've been to a couple of shows myself already and the, the atmosphere was just wild because it was yeah. so, people are just so up for it. And I think hopefully it's kind of almost given the industry a bit of a, it's almost reset itself almost where it's, it's had to change again out of necessity. It's had to change and it's had to adapt. And now we're going to see the fruits of that. And hopefully it's going to be, um, yeah, really Edric, cool. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see it. And uh, there's no wrong answer to what he just said, because so many artists, I mean, I've had people say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It gives me a chance to engage with my fans. And some people, I mean, they, they'll say, I'm not doing anything until this is over. I mean, it's it's cool that you get to mosh in your own room, right? But how much longer can you do it for, right? I feel like once you do the live streaming, you kind of hit that barrier. It's like, okay, we did the live streaming. Now now what? How much more creative can we get? We're on, a, we're exactly. on an actual live live stage experience you can get there's no limit on how creative you can get you can jump into the crowd all you want i mean obviously don't get hurt but you know you could just like do so many different things for for an example and yeah man. And, and i really appreciate you sharing everything that you had because it, it really is eye-opening going forward now um guess what we talk about everything except coma right let's talk about coma <laughs> <laughs> drops off october 22nd on um, a rising empire now a rising empire good lord this is the year for a rising empire if, if there was a year no. for them because we've had bands like landmarks and venues you know and now you guys like they're you know banging a record after banging a record after you know it's just never ending for that and you guys are adding onto that catalog and it give, lets you be bandmates with the bands like i just mentioned and including bands like while she sleeps but let's talk about a rising empire you know what is it like you know uh, working with them, you know, such a promising label like them with a new record along the way. Like, I'm sure they've really, you know, taken care of you during this whole time as we near the album release, right? Yeah, man. Like, it's, it was just, uh, I mean, we had a few different offers come in for different things. And obviously we had the record and or what, you know, most of the record at that point. And we had a few different offers on the table and um, we spoke to some different people and they, like, we spoke with the Rise and Empire and they just had this, like, it was just a very genuine feeling like they, they had a, a strong roster of bands in similar situations to us who were all kind of pushing through and, you know, out of the undergrowth and into the, into the sort of, you know, the next level of whatever that realm is. Um, and, you know, we, we were massive fans of, of bands like landmarks and, you know, with alumni, like while she sleeps in there, like you said, and, even bands like Resolve and some yeah. of the bands they've signed since oh, as well yeah. are just like crazy bands and, you know, venues, like you said, there's some great bands on the roster. We, we sort of mulled it over and, you know, we spoke to them and they were just really, really welcoming to the idea of us being immersed in the situation and us being able to kind of put our stamp on how we wanted to release our music with them, as opposed to them just kind of going, here's the record, we're going to deal with it. Thanks a lot. And I think that was kind of the real sort of key element is that it was very, it's been a very collaborative process working with them as a label because we've got lots of sort of ideas and, you know, we, we were quite particular about a few things that we wanted to do and they were really sort of, we're very grateful to them for kind of getting on board with the ideas because some of them were a little bit wild and um, yeah. they've been really, really great about it. So, yeah, I just think they're just a really great kind of inclusive label that have given us a chance to just sort of spread our wings and hopefully reach out into some new areas so hopefully fingers yeah. crossed it will continue in that vein and you guys are in good hands with the rising empire so shout out to them for making this a possibility now i want to repeat 100%. the words here uh because i don't know if i mentioned this before this is your second album now before we get into the core of coma uh for people who don't know this is the follow-up to 2019's low which that album landed you in the top five of the iTunes metal charts and with like several singles appearing like different playlists on like Amazon, Deezer and Spotify, I believe you even had covers on a yeah, new, core, new core and, and uh, metal UK. I mean, the list goes on and on, but Mikey, knowing how successful your debut album was, was there any pressure you sense at all when you decided to sit down and write again for coma? Considering, oh, you know, yeah. considering, you know, what is the common term we hear? The sophomore slump, right? Has that ever creeped into your head? <laughs> Mate, like, as I think it's one of those things where there was so much going on. And I think the, the main difference is we've always been quite a collaborative band. But the main difference is with the way that the themes seem to start, start working itself out. I started demoing new tracks for what would obviously become Coma. Um, 
and we were you know we were figuring things out and i had this kind of i had this vision in my head of like this is i think this is where i'm going to start writing these songs and it was all starting to go down a particular route and it was very kind of personal to me i didn't write all of it in the end like we again like i said quite collaborative in the way that we do things but it was very much kind of i set the wheels mode like turning in terms of this is the kind of direction i think we should go in from a theme like thematic point of view mm-hmm. I, I think the thing we've always tried to do is to try and write for for us in that moment so you know whether it be heavy songs or you know some of the more melodic stuff that we do or whatever on the particularly on the first record is it's we've always tried to sort of how you know what are we vibing with how are we feeling about that particular thing at that particular time and the, the music seems to reflect reflect that as we go and it's quite a natural and organic process so we tried to sort of follow that but it it got vastly kind of um diverse very quickly like there was the first song that we wrote for the record was actually coma which was the title track which it's not the reason we called the album that but it's just kind of the way that it worked out um that is is, one hell of a track (laughs) thank you man like it's, it's arguably one of the heaviest things we've ever done so um like to have to have that in the locker um and then we you know we wrote i can't remember exactly what we wrote in between but it was i think we had coma we had violent uh, which are two of the really heavy like very heavy in comparison to the things that we do it's, it's in that category of this is as, about as heavy as city gets and then we had uh, a track called death of me which was arguably like a pop song with guitars really like it was proper um at the time it was like it was so it was so poppy and we had this sort of like it's so different it's so diverse but it kind of works it sounds like us but how do we mesh these two things together because we want to follow this idea of championing crossing of boundaries and and you know genre barriers and gatekeeping being a thing of the past and all that sort of stuff but it's you know to to have a song like you know coma which is very heavy and then go to someone and go oh you like that do you like this and it's completely the <laughs> you know what i mean it's like hey you like blue here's red and it's like it's like that kind of vibe so it's it's been interesting to see and i think take, kind take of both of the to, pills take both of the pills right that's right? literally it man I'm, I'm having both of them man let's do it wash it down with some like you know some whiskey or something i don't know <laughs> there you but, go um, i think that's the perfect way to it. perfect way to <laughs> exemplify this record <laughs> that's literally it but it's um yeah it's just been i think we just had a sort of you know we were writing and we were demoing and you know i'm sure a lot of bands do the same thing we were just sort of writing songs and seeing what happened and then started thinking about okay how are we going to sort of turn this into a record and um and yeah i think we just sort of we had a discussion and we just sort of thought well we just got to commit to it you know like we're gonna we want to do it like this we're really stoked on all the songs um and then obviously with the with the change of vocalist as well that was that made it even more interesting but it kind of also lended itself to well if we're going to do something different anyway because there's a whole new member of the band in yeah now it's you know it's now's as good a time as any really so you know we've we've i think it's still sort of quintessentially city in the way that it sounds it's still got the heavy elements it's still got the melodic elements there's a lot of empathy in the um in the lyrical content you know it's all very kind of personal in the way that it's written that's always been the way that we've written and that's kind of not likely to change anytime soon you know we're not very good at sort of writing for a for a given topic which some people are and i'm very envious of that because it'd be much easier um because i don't have to keep having bad shit happen to me to be honest to some right good songs but um but there you go that's the way it works i can relate to that We've on a personal level things. i can relate that's to that it. yeah you know, it's it's one of those things you know it's like that's the way yeah. it works and we've got some good stuff out of it and to get some positives from some negatives is what it's all about but i think we just we wrote a record that we thought people were gonna be able to kind of feel something about in one way or another and they might you know it's going to be varied and it's going to have you know mixed opinions in places i'm sure because you know a lot of things do but i think it was important to us to be able to go we've put everything on the table here we've you know no holds barred every you know all cards out let's just get it done and and write something that we're stoked on and feels like a fresh era of this band and i feel like that's what we've done and there's something on there for everybody as well so it's it's just going to be interesting to see how people 
find it as a body of work because there's a lot of stuff that people haven't heard yet that's you know another extension further even than what what's already out in the world so um it's gonna i'm really stoked to just see how people receive it and hopefully it's positive because obviously i'd be very upset if um if everyone hates it that would suck but um yeah fingers crossed there there's some some positive vibes for uh, for the new record you can see the grin on my face. Usually I do a quick review of what the album sounds like, but you kind of just took it right out of what I was going to say, because <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, this is quite the follow up, man. I just want to piggyback off what you just said, because you had these elements of you know, traditional metalcore and the sounds fused with these alt pop sounds. It was catchy and memorable melodies, hooks, riffs, fucking heavy as hell. I mean, you gave this saturated metalcore world a breath of fresh air with your sound. And and you did touch on this because you kind of set this up for me perfectly, because Let's talk about Oli because, um, again, for people that don't know, because uh, your long-standing vocalist uh, departed, Sam uh, Stoliday, and yeah. uh, and uh, you kind of just you know found yourself in like unknown territory before Oli joined. But you know, here you are with the new vocalist with this new album. What new element does Oli Duncanson bring into the city is ours, or perhaps brought back into the band that the band hasn't had before? Because he went above and beyond. He, I mean. Uh, I mean, with the vocals, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gr- uh, chuckling here because every single part of this, like uh, the songs, they just fit so well. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, where did you find him? Like, talk about him. I- I'm going to leave it all to you because I can't I won't be able to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty wild situation. So, um, you know, we've done like I said, we've done the uh, end of 2019. We toured. Um, We've done a UK tour for the low record. Uh, we played a couple of cool shows with a couple of cool bands. Yeah. Um, and then ironically, just before the pandemic, which is, you know, timing, who knows? But um, Sam basically came to us and said, Look, I don't think I can I can commit to this anymore. It's not something I'm I've kind of, you know, I've done what I wanted to do. I've done the tours, I've done the record, I've done the, you know, everything else. I want to kind of try my hand at something else basically and we were like you know obviously disappointed but it's yeah it is what it is you know fair enough dude if that's what you want to do um so we actually it wasn't long before we'd gone in and uh, you know we had quite a focused writing process on on this record so there was only like there was less of us involved in it i guess than normal in the initial stages so we he, we said okay We've, we've got studio time booked, so we're going to have to do something. So we, we went and tracked a record um, without any vocals, which was wild. So we, we didn't know what we were going to do. Um, so we tracked the album and and that was that. And then uh, Ollie's actually a very, very talented photographer and videographer in his own right. So he's done like some crazy tours with you know, um, Ocean's 8 Alaska, Wage War. Oh, wow. Um, like, I'm seeing Wage uh, War tonight, actually. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> Wage, War, Wage War is in town tonight with Beartooth. I'm actually covering that show tonight. How ironic! <laughs> oh man, yeah, man, I love, I love that band. They're great, really lovely same dudes. Here, we did same some, here. we did some bits over here with them a little while ago. I worked on a few of their shows. They're, they're great dudes, but um, yeah. So they uh, he'd done some stuff like that, and he he obviously photographed and made videos and stuff for us as well, and um he's been a long sort of friend of ours for a long time and sort of made a joke in passing at one point. He's got up and done the odd guest vocal for people and, you know, mic grab and all that other usual stuff. But, um, is this sort of made shine? A, that's, I just made a joke one day and was just like, Oh, Hey, well, you know, you could do it. And then he went away and then he, he, I remember he sent me a message and was just like, were you being serious about that? And I was like, <laughs> I was kind of like, are you, are you being like, serious about like, that? Like, it's literally was like it started off as like a little joke and it was just really odd because we were there we you know we didn't really know what we were doing there was lots of question marks around what was happening in the world as well and we just sort of said hey man if you want to if you want to give it a go then why not so we we managed to get him in a room um with us and and we have like a little sort of like home studio situation with a recording booth in one room and the control room in the other so we put him in the booth and, you know, put the mic in and, uh, you know, headphones on and everything. And we sort of said, okay, man, like, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to do this, you know, sort of eight counts and you're in sort of thing. So yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Like very calm and very quiet. 
I feel, like I, need a, to, I feel like I need to see this. This sounds like a documentary that you guys need to put out or something. Mate, honestly, <laughs> like, I can't even describe it to you because like he, um, we did a song off, our, off the low album called Casket. It was the first thing he did, which is probably the heaviest song on that record. And it opens with the vocals. So we were right. just like, eight counts and just go for it. And we'll just see what throw happens. him in the fire, like, huh? Dude, I shit you not. He started and I was like on the floor. I was dying. Like I was laughing. I was like, like, like a giddy child. I was like, oh my God. Like where, what, where, like he'd been my friend for years and yeah. I didn't know he could do this. So I was just like, dude, I was like, what the fuck is going on? This where have you mental. been all my life? That's literally it. <laughs> so we were just like me and like Jamie, the bass player, we're both in there and we were just like both, we were so giddy. We were just like, laughing like uncontrollably laughing just like oh my god i cannot believe that this guy has been here literally under our noses the whole time and we just didn't know so like you know we, we thought it was going to be such a mad process and it turned out to be such a simple process so we took him into the studio you know we worked on some stuff over you know online through through lockdown and everything else and we ended up coming out with an album and i mean you know you've heard some of it for yourself and i've heard all of it <laughs> it's, it's, it's well it's, there you go it's like, a thing of beauty. isn't it weird how how things kind of just work themselves out sometimes like you kind of just it's it's weird I, at least for me i think i mean throughout mm. my life like it's things happen but there's always there's always the next thing you know and you yeah when you least expect it and um i wanted to point something out here because the production good lord on coma um sound was on point I, I I mean I didn't have to mess with any EQ levels. I'm a, I'm an audiophile these days, and I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. I yeah. didn't have to mess with anything because I want to give a shout out to Oz Crags and uh, Ermin Hamidovich. Hopefully, I'm, I'm saying those two. You know, That's Oz Crags. Yeah, so Oz Crags, he's known for his work with you know uh, Feed the Rhino and Neck Deep, and Ermin is known for his work with Architects and Periphery and Northlane. Uh, those two guys, I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Mikey, and the rest of the guys, knowing that you had this team working on Coma, right? Yeah, man. Like, it's Oz, <laughs> um, Oz particularly, like, he's a, he's a very good friend of mine. So it's one of those things where um, he's worked on, he did the previous record as well. Right. Um, so, like, it's, he's been very involved in the in the sort of evolution of, of City as a whole, I guess. Um, and I think it was nice to have that sort of, comfort of working with him and having worked with him already but at the same time we you know we we had meetings before the record and everything and it was kind of like look what are we going to do to make this kind of next level because you know we, we did an album and it was great and we were very happy with it and it was our first record and you get that whole kind of elation of oh you know we finally released an album it's, oh, i can't believe we've we basically just tried to immerse ourselves in in it for 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 the for the duration this time so you know Oz is a good friend of mine and um you know we went to he's he's down by the uh by the beach basically like is is where his studio is so um we just spent three and a half weeks together yeah. living in each other's pockets um and just wanted to really immerse ourselves in the record and and really make it a uh, an immersive experience but obviously like i said we were we were without a vocalist and i think the thing that was really kind of like the, the cherry on top of the cake was we we recorded everything i recorded my vocals we recorded all the instruments we got everything ready to go oz did like a, a mix and was like this is roughly what i'm thinking and we were like yeah sounds cool dude and then it just got put to the side that was it just waited until we were ready went into a lockdown did a lockdown came out of a lockdown we'd managed to sort the situation out with ollie yeah. so we went back in and recorded all of Ollie's parts. And then we went back into a lockdown again. And the beauty of that was that Oz basically got unlimited time because it had so many sessions with other people cancelled and everything. He basically said, I'm going to just spend as long as I need on this. I was like, you don't, you've got no deadlines, have you? And I was like, nope, like we're, we're good. So it meant that he got to really meticulously go through everything. And that was, that I think was a blessing in disguise almost because it just meant that we got this whole new level of, 
you know, just detail and just the little tiny things that you wouldn't even think about. Yeah. And it, it took a while to, to get it done. But like when he, I remember he sent me the first, um, where he sent us all the first, the first mixes and we were all in a little like text conversation together. And I just sat, I just listened to it and I, I'm, I'm very open about my emotions. I just sat and cried. I was just like, this is unbelievable. I don't know. Yeah. These songs that we've spent, like, you know, we were writing songs in our little home studio. We were, you know, imagining how it would come together and just to hear it even better than I thought it could possibly be to me was just wild. And I just, yeah, it was just really overwhelming. And I think obviously with everything that was going on at the time as well, just to have that like overwhelming sense of positivity all of a sudden was just like crazy. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, Oz's contribution has been invaluable. Um, and then obviously, like you said, Ermin is just uh, just a great dude, just Mr. Efficient, really. Like, he just got in touch with him. He was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Send it over. We sent it over. He sent it back. It sounded great. We were like, cool, man. <laughs> like, that, was, that was a very different experience, but just a really great guy. And um, yeah, you know, like you said, he's worked with Architects, Periphery, um, north lane like yeah. some, some crazy crazy bands that he's he's done stuff for so to be included in that is uh, is very cool as well so yeah it's just i'm just really stoked on it i'm really glad you like the production as well because it's something i don't necessarily get to talk about in these things very often so it's uh hey i come from a family of musicians so production is a big part about you know my growth and my both of my brothers are drummers my mom's a, a professional music artist she's a singer back home so no so production is a very important thing especially for me bro we're in metal we're man it's it's a hard record to uh, metal i think like it's one of the hardest genres to actually record and master and produce and shout out to oz and ermin for really going over the you know doing what they do best and now um i know with the wi-fi cut out for a second i promise this is the last part of the interview uh mikey (laughs) i think all we're missing is just like a drink we need to like hang out at a bar once you guys Uh, oh that's what we need to do that now um, you know between you know writing and structuring the songs at a production process like you just talked about this is something that i wanted to touch on because i was very excited about this because the lyricism throughout coma because that centers around, you know, the passing of, you know, loved ones or relationships and, and personal sovereignty and, and self-control head on. And especially at a time like today, I feel like it would resonate with a lot of people. You know, having said that, Mikey, I begin to think if there was something tangible, like a theme to this, to this album, is that true? Like, and if that, if that is true, how important are themes to you guys? Is that more about helping you write or sound or is, is that more for the audience? Because there's a lot of artists who don't really care about themes, right? They just do 10 songs in the studio. Yeah. And that's it. But with Coma, you mentioned it earlier, how you get, that kind of helped pave the way in the writing process for this album. Yeah, I think what the, the way that we've always chosen to write our songs, it's not even so much chosen, it's kind of the method chose us rather than the other way around, I guess. Mm. We've always written about things that are happening to us like historically that's just the way that it goes is we're not we're not the kind of people that are able to just go hey man can you you know can you write a song for me about bacon please or whatever and it's like it's just not it's just not something we can do i'm not saying that people do that but you, you know it was, it was an easy example but um it's we've always written about the way that we feel we've worn our hearts on our sleeves we've wanted our music to kind of represent us and thus hopefully be relatable to other people and I think that's that's kind of the main thing. You know, Low was an album. There was a lot of themes that had happened over a period of time. Um, Jamie's uh, Jamie's mom, unfortunately, like passed away not long before we started writing the Low record. So like that was there was a lot of themes of that. But we'd all kind of been through different things, and it was a very collaborative process. With this album, like I'd kind of like been through some shit basically like there was my essentially my life kind of fell apart around me and um there was lots of things and you know my head was all over the place and there's there was relationships that i'd had that were like incredibly important to me that i didn't have anymore um and a lot of things have broken down and you know i was i really wasn't in a very good place and we've always been sort of advocates and champions for you know particularly you know mental health and people looking after their mental health but also particularly in males, because it's like, I think a lot of the time there's this stigma about, you know, 
boys don't cry and you know all that kind of stuff where it's like you know we just have to kind of it's the it worst man. It's it. the and it sucks worst. yeah and i'm i'm like essentially fuck that do you know what i mean like it's, i'm all about people if anything i'm an oversharer you know so it's like that's the thing with this record i just started writing about how i was feeling and you know it's my heart was breaking and there were so many things, but I was so angry and I was so upset and there was all these different things. And that's why I think that's part of the reason that the record has come out in the way that it has, because there's elements of, you know, being so upset and so sad, but being so sort of angry about something and being so kind of like confused about something. And all of those themes have just sort of woven their way through into what has become this record. So, you know, for example, death of me is an example lyrically is essentially me having a like emotional breakdown that's basically what that song is i wrote that song and took it to the guys and was like what do you think it's wrapped up like a little dancey pop song because that's just the way that it came out so it's got this little like i remember doing the hook and we were sat and we were writing the hook and i was like boys i've got this hook and it's got like a synth vocally type thing and i was literally sat in the front room going death 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 singing the word death over and over and over again and we turned it into this synth the lyrics are so sad when you actually analyze them but on the surface it's like this whole kind of like everything's okay everything is great and it's like it's actually really not and i think that's kind of the the thing with this record is like we wanted to be unapologetically like honest about the way that we were feeling to try and give people something some kind of solace if they were in a similar situation because that's how i dealt with the problems i dealt with the problems by writing the songs and then the boys kind of saw what was happening with me and saw what was going on with themselves and kind of latched onto that and went yeah no this is we're in that same kind of zone and we're in that same kind of headspace so it wasn't a conscious decision of oh we're going to write an album that that's like this and the theme is going to be this it was just the way that my life and the life of the others kind of as a result was panning out and the songs then naturally fall into this this sort of progression but the great thing about that like i said is that people are then able to kind of relate to it and it kind of follows a journey from point a to point b and by the time you get to the end of the record that's kind of you've been on that journey and hopefully you can start to let it go because that's where i'm at now yeah i'm rocking your back and forth because i'm itching to say this but uh, <laughs> i was going to say because uh that's also an example on the live setting that you guys put out because people are going to be all over the place doing that song mm. when you guys play it live and that actually gives i feel like it actually gives someone like me you know i i mean we i struggle with mental health as well you know so it related to someone like me it's people in that crowd will relate to a song like that when they see it in person they'll be able to vibe along to it they feel the lyrics on a whole different level that you may not been able to you know express it before you could simply read the lyric to someone and it won't impact them the same way as you would if Oli's up there representing the vocals the way it was meant to be represented, you know, represented. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm like double uh, I'm, I'm making up words here as we go along. But and bro, you need something to we all need something to channel our um, what is it? Our, our mental struggles, our mental, you know, whatever we deal with, we need something to channel that into. And you've done that on a very productive outlet and here you are with this um, sick banger of a record i can't wait for it to come out i wish it was october already but but man you know from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline you have taken in which we've discussed about mikey you know and performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with doing this album including the touring life you know your relationship with your bandmates it's it sounds like you know you still have much left to put out there with the city's hours artistic vision and yours this is definitely something you have a passion for and the truth is is from what i'm seeing is you've experienced plenty already in your career mikey and then some you know you know have your aspirations as an individual hell or even just a musician have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry like do you see things differently today yeah 100 percent 100 percent. i think when you're when you're younger and it's all about you know i want to do you know, I want to play the big shows. I want to play the big tours. I want to do this. I, you know, I want to release a record. I want to all the all those kinds of things. It's like, and, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, I still have aspirations to do all those things. Like that, that's important. But for me, there's another whole like 
dimension to it now it's not so visceral in terms of like you know you're looking at it as soon as you start to understand how the industry works it's like this isn't just that you know you don't, it's not a you don't get plucked from obscurity and just chucked into the mainstream it happens but it's not a regular thing it's much more about the process and building something and, and having a community and having people around you to support you through whatever is next and i think that's the big thing for me is it's like i make music for for me and i make music for my my friends and i make music for my family because it it does something it's my way of expressing my shortcomings and my feelings and my my flaws or you know all of the various different things that's how it comes out i'm not you know it's it's easy to talk about things sometimes but sometimes it can be very difficult but to write it down and put it in a song is a way of dealing with it but more importantly is that by doing that i've seen the way that our music has affected people and i've had people come to me and say i'm oh, i'm so you know this song it means so much to me you know I, you know my my dad passed away and i i can relate to the lyrics and it's like with that if that one person has been helped by something that we've done or i've done then that's enough for me do you know what i mean it's it's, it's enough yeah. no i you know i've done some cool things there's obviously i have a lot more things i want to do in music i'm nowhere near done but you know we, we've played some cool festivals we've done some cool tours you know we're, we're still growing we're still doing things we're definitely not at the end of our journey but nothing will ever beat that feeling of speaking to somebody and just knowing that something that you've done you know when i've been sat in my office or whatever and I've, I've written a demo and gone oh hey guys you know what do you think of this and that little idea turns into something that has literally been you know a tool for people to to come from a dark place into a slightly better place or aided them in some way in their life i can't see how you can top that because it's just like wow like yeah. it's, it's completely overwhelming to me to know that that has happened on multiple occasions like we've you know we get we get that quite a lot because of the the nature of the way that we we write and what we write about people do relate to it and people do say to us you know we've we've done you know i'm, I'm so grateful for you and i'm so grateful that you've done this and it's like a lot of the time i don't think they realize that it's like there it was our coping mechanism too we didn't write it just to go here's a sad song to make people sad we wrote it because it was how we were feeling so there's a a, a we're on a level with them straight away and you know that's why you know the fans and the, and the fan base that we're growing and developing and and just being part of what we do is is the most important thing to me because that's that's without those people none of this is possible i wouldn't have done any of the mm -hmm. things i've done and won't do any of the things that i'll continue to do without those people and i think that for me is it's the most important thing and i don't think you know at the start that's not how you think you think about oh i want to do this i want to do that i want to play that venue i want to play with this band i want to do that festival but that's all visceral stuff and it's all part of the journey but it's like to actually positively impacted on people's lives it doesn't get much better than that for me i don't think man you couldn't have said that any better you know um i got one question for you here though as you're telling me all this if you weren't a musician what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Goodness. To be honest with you, no, not really. Um, I've, I've always... That's an answer. <laughs> since, since I was about four, I don't know, 13, 12 or 13 years old, I was hugely into football or soccer. Um, it's football. football. <laughs> it's football. That's the right way to say the it. The round one. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I was I was hugely into that as a kid. And that was that was all my, you know, that was what I was into. And that was it. And that was all I did. And I played football all the time. And that was it. And then I got my, I got a guitar for the first time. And from pretty much from that point onwards, it was just like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So it's been, I've always worked jobs around being able to tour. I've, you know, it's always been about how do I fit the rest of my life around this? And this is what I like to do. This is, you know, it's all elements of it as well. It's the, you know, I, writing songs, recording songs, playing shows, press things like this with you. Like it's, it's, 
it's all part of the process and being able to talk about it and share my journey yeah. and share my stories and what myself and my boys in the band are all doing it's all part of it and i mean you know who knows who knows what will happen in the future but like uh, right now is the answer to your question really is no because it's like this is this is me this is what i do there is no yeah. other there is no plan b there is no alternative this is my life and that's yeah. why i'm just so stoked and keen for people to hear this record because it is literally the most you know i'm 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 really excited but also frightened because it's like it's it's my life in a nutshell in 12 songs it's my life and the way it fell apart and how i had to deal with it in in a 12 song 47 minute record or whatever it is and it's like that's scary because it's like here yeah. it is and that's let me it. let me let me tell you something about that that's okay to feel that way you should allow yourself to feel that way if you didn't feel that way i don't feel like you would care about the record right come on now exactly. i feel like it's the thing with with this interview we're doing it's going to be literally on every major stream out there like whatever itunes spotify whatever you have you but i feel like when I starting this publication, I feel like I'm a good representative for the fans out there who listen. And let me tell you something, your record worked on someone like me. I mean, and metal is a big part about on, on my life. It had a very positive effect on someone like me. I wouldn't be here today, honestly, if it wasn't for bands like architects, like we mentioned, you know, and these guys have been at it for a long time, you know, other bands, like I mentioned, you know, Lamb of God and Megadeth, like examples like that. And now you guys are cementing your stamp into this world that I love living in, you know, this heavy metal world that we both are a part of. And here we are talking about what we love talking about. This is what, why we do what we do, you know, just, I, I was having this friend, uh, having this friend yesterday, I was, I was texting her last night about how it's important to live in the moment. You can talk, think about the future as much as you want, but you kind of, I think it's also important to kind of just look at everything from the outside to kind of exhale and just remind yourself why you do what you do and then go back into it with a more focused uh, perspective, you know, and, and you guys are doing that. I'm seeing that. I love seeing this. It, you know, uh, it inspires people like me. I learn about myself as just as much as I'm learning about you guys. So uh, again, much appreciation to everything you guys have done so far. I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, for everyone to hear this record again, I, like I said, I have the record and I'm going to be listening to it nonstop. It's very rare for me to, uh, to, to pull someone like me away from, you know, a band like Gojira because they released a new album earlier this year. But yeah, but man. the CD hours. That's a record that's kind of just kind of just, you know, it's it's creeping up my playlist over and over. But uh, Mikey, I feel like we could talk for another couple hours. But I'm gonna let you go here. I know we, we clocked Dude. in over an hour here, man. This has been quite the honor. Um, I'll tell you what, let's stay in touch on the socials. And uh, hopefully we can help you guys book a show here here in the states sooner than later. Hopefully that Dude, that that comes. That would be mad. That'd be so great to have you here in Dallas. But man, do you have any last words? Just any shout outs? Anything you'd like to plug in as far as the city is ours or coma before we finish things off here? Maybe a new music video coming out soon. I don't know. What you I think so. Uh, I I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. But um, there's uh, so coma uh, our sophomore album. See, it is our sophomore album Coma is out on the 22nd of October worldwide it's available to pre-order right now you can get it from us via www.thecityishours.co.uk that ships internationally um, you can also go to Impericon there's a bunch of different uh, merch bundles there's vinyl there's CDs there's shirts there's long sleeves there's you know you name it there's even some like custom made wrestling belts on there at the moment but that's oh, a that's story for another day that's bands need to do that. <laughs> a lot of bands. It's need to wild. Do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been an interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting process. But um, yeah, it's, it's mainly just thank you to everybody who's uh, who's checked it out. And if you're listening and you're not familiar with the City Is Ours, do go ahead and uh, come and check us out on socials. We are the City Is Ours UK, all one word, um, on Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok now, Facebook, all that stuff. So head over and check us out. Um, all the socials are run directly by us as a band. So you're you know you're communicating with with us um and we'd love to you know get to know you and and figure out what uh you know what you think of the record and chat to you about it and be part of the family so it, yeah i just yeah that's it yeah, that's me yeah. and hell, so what, what am i like, saying like i i need to come i need to come to london man i'm that's one of the places that i've been dying to come 
come visit all right so 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 that could just we could just do that instead instead of just if if you can't come we'll see what happens first either in the states or you come here no i come see you guys across the pond yeah well the first day is on may man it's so good there we go there we go and everyone who's listening this is mikey page from the city is ours coma like he said drops october 22nd on a rising empire uh you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there check us out on interview on a fire.com Mikey, thank you again from the bottom of my heart, man. Stay safe out there. Have a great... When does tour start for you? When does the tour kick off? So we're heading out across the UK uh, from the 17th of September. So that's we're what, out with our Hollywood home. That's, so right around, that's right around the corner, man. Have a great and safe tour. Yeah. Go fucking crazy on stage. Obviously, don't hurt yourself. I mean, I know you're itching oh, to man. back out there. But... It's always a risk. It's all good. I'll be fine. <laughs> it's a good risk, I guess. But, you know, uh, <laughs> it's great to see you doing what you do, guys. And uh, you stay safe. And I will talk to you next time, buddy. All right? Thanks, man. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.